0: A reading from Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. Chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He was buried And that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, As to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's an age-old question that science has not been able yet to answer. As smart as we are, we have no answer for it. With all our technology, with all our insights into the world, we have not yet been able to say which came first, the chicken or the egg. There is no definitive answer for that question. Nothing written down, nothing in an encyclopedia, nothing in your dictionary. We still struggle with that question. For the Christian, we would say the chicken. But the question stands. There's another age-old question that we ask each other a lot. You want the good news or the bad news? What did you say? get the bad news out of the way. So if I asked you, if I said to you I have good news and I have bad news, which would you like first? What would you say, church? <laughs> yeah, that's ex- the news media does exactly the opposite. They tell us all the bad news and never the good stuff. And the good stuff's always some novelty, right? And we're always supposed to be shocked that some good person in the world did something good. And usually that good person in the world talks about honoring God by what they did. And people are shocked, but not us. But still, if I were to say to you, do you want the good news or the bad news first? We might say the bad news because we know the good news might make the bad news better, right? Have you ever heard somebody say bad news travels fast? That's actually in the dictionary. That phrase is in freedictionary.com, which is a a compendium of dictionaries that you can find on your internet. When you Google the definition of the word, that's the dictionary that comes up. And if you Google that phrase, it's in there. But good news travels fast. Ain't in there. Because the human tendency is to share bad news first. Our human tendency is to tear other people down. Did you know... That you can tell a bad thing about somebody. You can tell 20 bad things about somebody, and every last one of them will be received based on the simple telling of it. But if you tell them something good about somebody, they're going to want proof. That's always how it is. When people gossip about people, do they gossip about good stuff? What do they tell? The bad. They tell people what's wrong with them. They tell people how bad they are, how incomplete they are. They tell people what a rotten, horrible person they are. Or they criticize their clothes. It's an interesting thing to me that we would love bad news more than good. Our modern ears are tuned to receive bad news But I don't think that's anything new. I think that's been part of the human story since bad news came into the world. The bad news was sin. You might remember the story, God planted a garden. And in the center of the garden, He put the first man that we call Adam. And Adam was there to till the garden and take care of it. And God says, you can eat anything you want, except that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God looked and He saw that Adam was alone and He said it's not good for him to be alone. So He created woman so that we could be in community and love with each other and have complete and full lives. And then came the bad news. And that's what's being shared ever since. The serpent came and said to Eve, What did God say about that tree? And she said, well, if we eat of it, we will surely die. And the serpent said, oh, Eve, that's not really true. You'll just be like God. And then bad news came, Paul says, in the form of sin, and death came with it. And we've struggled with that ever since. Because bad news tunes to our ears to the things that the world has to offer to idols. To idols and other things that we love more than we love God. And so bad news travels fast as it leaps from heart to heart. And good news has a tendency to be forgotten. There was a doctor that called his patient one day. After an office visit, He called him the next afternoon and the doctor said, I got some bad news for you and some good news. Which would you like first? And contrary to you all, the patient wanted the good news first. Said, give me the good news. Doctor said, you have 24 hours to live. And the patient said, man, that's not good news. What's the bad news? And the doctor said, I should have told you yesterday. (laughs) The good news, the good news that Paul would share with us today is that we don't have just 24 hours to live. That no matter what might come against us, no matter how death might present, it, present itself to us, whether it's here and right now, on our way home, in the middle of our sleep, at any time, whenever, whatever, whenever it comes, does not mark our end. And He has a reason for that. And it's kind of related to the string on that little exploding confetti thing I had during the children's sermon if we cling to what comes first, to what Paul tells us is first of all, if we cling to that, then the good news will always bear more weight than bad news. And somehow this church had found itself in a position where they had become encumbered with bad news. They were fighting with each other and quarreling with each other. They were actually arguing over whose baptism was better because of who had baptized them. They were struggling over things they shouldn't have been struggling over. They were struggling over idols and loving things that didn't matter more than they loved God. And so Paul writes to them to remind them of the good news. Because their lives are encumbered with bad news. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm sitting under a big, giant, heaping dung pile of bad news these days. Like I can't get my breath for it. Like it's squishing my lungs. All around us, constantly, nothing but bad news and horribleness that people love to spread about other people. And it can become easy for us to become so glued to that that we forget that we have good news for this world. That there's more left than just this 24 hours of sickness we're experiencing now. But if we're going to share that with them, we have to hold on with what comes first. Paul said to them, I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the euangelion, the gospel, the good news of victory during wartime. There was somebody whose job it was to run back to wherever they had come from to fight a battle and tell them the battle is won. There's good news. And Paul says, I want to remind you that the battle is won. There is good news. We don't have to be suffocated by the horribleness of this world anymore. By the treachery of it. We live in a time when people would crucify someone over a mistake they made when they were a teenager. And do it in public with words and hate. What comes first? Paul says, I remind you of the good news that I preach to you which you in turn received. A good word that they heard him give and they took it into themselves and held on to it. But it's been crushed by other things. So he feels that he needs to remind them. And he says, you stood in it. You took your stand in that good news. You let it be the strength in your spine. You let it be your guts, your fortitude, whatever words you want to use. You let it be something that would help you to stand in this world and not be afraid. But you've forgotten it, so I write to remind you of the first things. The thing that is first important. The thing that is most important in this world. The one reality that is most important for you to hang on to. And this is what he said, For I hand on to you of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins. Our story is that when Eve took that fruit and ate it and gave it to Adam and he ate it, that death came into the world because sin came into the world. And Paul would have them know that Christ has died for our sins, which means that we no longer surely have to die. And as Jesus said, all who come to me have life. Whoever believes in me has life. Whoever has the Son has life. Paul said, remember first that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. That He was buried. Which means that He was really and truly dead. The penalty that God gave for sin isn't some joke around penalty about just going to hell when you die. It's about being completely and utterly dead. Without Christ, none are alive. Even now, even while we draw our breath, we're as good as dead. We're as good as that patient whose doctor has told him, yesterday you had 24 hours, today you got none. But Christ came and died for our sins. So that we could have life. And to prove that He was dead, He was buried. And then Paul says, He was raised on the third day. To show that who he said he was is who he was. God raised him from the dead. To show that his promises are true. God raised him from the dead. To show that he is worthy of following. God raised him from the dead. To show that it means something. God raised him from the dead. To show that we can have life. God raised Jesus from the dead. In this time of bad news, in this time of constant sin and death, God would remind us today to hold on to what's first. That Christ has died for those sins. That Christ has been raised to give life. If we hold on to the hope of resurrection, maybe there's no such thing as bad news. And certainly not bad news that can overrule what Christ has done. What does it mean? What does it mean to embrace the good news? Paul says it's been proclaimed and you received it and you stand in it. What would it mean today for us to receive this good news? That Christ has died, that Christ was buried, and that Christ was raised. How do you do that? It'll be a different answer for all of us. For some of us, it will require coming and kneeling. And as we sing the final hymn, you're welcome to come and kneel. For some, it will mean reaffirming our faith in front of others. And if that's what it means for you, let me know and we can do that next week. For some of you, it will mean praying as we sing our final hymn and saying, Lord, I received this good news. For some of us, it simply means being reminded and taking it to heart. but what we can all count on is that we can stand in that good news. We can leave this place and go into a world that devalues human life, that makes human life less important than stuff, that would sacrifice children for profit and convenience. A world that doesn't care about the homeless. No matter how much rhetoric we throw at it or how many words a politician speaks, they don't care and we don't care. We walk right by them as if they don't exist. We can go out into that world and stand because we know that there's something better. We know that because Christ has died and been buried and been raised, there's a different life in the world. That we don't have to be choked out by sin and death anymore. That we don't have to serve the wheels of capitalism and hatred That we can serve Christ first. We don't have to be consumers that drive the economy. We can be living human beings who seek to love God and love others. What does it mean for you to accept the truth that Christ has been raised? Is it something you can say you have truly done? Is it something you can say you truly believe? Only you can answer that. It's not something the pastor can answer for you. But for myself, I want you to know that I truly believe it, or I wouldn't be wasting my time preaching it. But that's a choice we all have to make. Will we respond to what's first? Will we seek to live our lives in the shadow of what Christ has done for us? Dying, being buried, and being raised. Because dear ones, these are the first things that are the good news of victory. The victory of God over sin and death. And today our Lord says to us, Choose whom you will serve choose whom you will serve life or death once again we get to choose between bad news or good news once which one will we hang on to as we leave here today i invite you to make your response as we sing our final hymn oh how i love jesus if you need prayer i invite you to come forward Let us sing hymn number 170.